Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 for this, the Mexico Grand Preview. It's a bit of a later one uh, this evening because I wanted to make sure I had seen the first two practice sessions before I came on and spoke about everything. I didn't want to do like I did on the on a sprint weekend where I have to do with no real knowledge. So we're a bit later than usual but I'm sure it'll be fine. I imagine for a lot of you, you may be watching this. If you're in the UK, you might be watching this on a lovely Saturday morning. Whereas I'm here, it's quarter past midnight, and I'm recording this video. I'm doing this for you, so make sure you like and subscribe. Just like last weekend, at the Austin Grand Prix, the US, United States Grand Prix, I should say, where I was up here until half past one in the morning. Waiting on FIA to confirm if people have been disqualified or not. But, you know, I did it all for the love of Formula 1 and the love of content making as well. Unbelievable scenes. So, we'll head into the Mexican Grand Prix weekend. As I said, make sure you subscribe because we're going to have coverage of qualifying uh, tomorrow evening. Then the race on Sunday. We'll have the driver ratings coming up on Monday as well. So, you don't want to miss out on any of that. But this is the Grand Preview. We'll be looking at the practice sessions, as I said. We're also having a look at Special Helmet Street and Upgrade Corner, as well as making our predictions and having a look at all the news that's gone past in the last week. But we're starting with something new, because today I received this in the post. Racing Knowledge Trivia. There's a hundred questions in this, so I thought something a little fun for us all. At the start of the preview, I'll pick out one of these lovely question cards. I'll ask the question. You can put the answer in the comments section down below. There is no prize apart from, of course, pride. The greatest prize of them all. So the question for you, the dear listener slash viewer, is who won the world championship in 1975 driving for Ferrari? That is who won the world championship in 1975 driving for Ferrari? That's the question. Answers in the comment section. There you go. That was fun, wasn't it? I'm sure it was. Anyway, time for the news. And the biggest news, actually a lot of the news stories this weekend uh, revolve around reserve drivers and younger drivers and F2 drivers. Let's start with the biggest story of the lot, which is the five rookie drivers that took part in FP1. Uh, they were uh, Teo Porcher in the Alfa Romeo, Frederick Vesti in the Mercedes, Jack Doohan in the Alpine, Isaac Hajar, or as I call him, Calm Down Isaac from that radio message in Baku last year, this year, sorry. He was in the Alpha Tauri, and then Oli Behrman in the Haas. Now, how did they get on? Well, Teo Porsche, despite leading the Formula 2 uh, World Championship and looking extremely likely he is to win it, got very unlucky in this session. Uh, I believe it was a break-by-wire issue. He did four laps. None of them were timed. Uh, really just couldn't get the car working at all and had to basically sit out his one hour of testing, which... Is a real shame for him. Uh, Frederick Vesti, he was in the Mercedes. Now, a bit scary for me, really, because he used the number 42. Now, if you watched my video on the history of driver numbers in Formula 1, you know that certain numbers are reserved by the FIA to be uh, test numbers like they would be here. So if Vesti did make it to Formula 1, he might not necessarily use the number 42. I hope he doesn't use the number 42, because that's the number that I use in the F1 games. And if he used it, I wouldn't be allowed to use it. So Vesti, if you're watching, 
If you make it to Formula 1, please don't use number 42. Anyway, he came 19th in the Mercedes. It was Jack Dewan in the Alpine in 18th. Isaac Hadjar in the Alpha Tauri was 17th. But Ollie Behrman is the man everyone's talking about. And I'm not surprised, because if you watched my F2 content from this year, you'll know that I love Ollie Behrman. I think he is absolutely fantastic, and he proved himself here in the Haas of all cars. He came 15th. And you may notice we've jumped from 17th of the last rookie, Isaac Hadjar, to 15th of Ollie Behrman. And that's because in FP1, Oli Behrman beat Fernando Alonso, who finished 16th place. Now, of course, it is just a practice session. Of course, the ra- the uh, the rankings really in uh, in FP1 don't really mean anything. You don't know what kind of uh, run plan they were doing. You don't know what fuel. You don't know what they were doing. But forever, we can say, well, as of right now, in every session they competed against each other, Oli Behrman has beaten Fernando Alonso 100% of the time. Also, what was quite interesting for Oli Behrman in the Haas, of course, Nico Hulkenberg was in the other Haas. And as I said, we don't know run plans, we don't know fuel loads, we don't know blah, 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 blah. But when they ran the um, it was like the hard on the medium tyre, Oli Behrman was quicker. Then on the soft tyre, Hulkenberg was the quicker of the two, but only by three tenths of a second, which is closer than Kevin Magnussen has been for most of this year. So... All very, very, very good signs for Oli Behrman. He will, of course, be back in the Haas for another FP1 session uh, later on in the year. Is that in Abu Dhabi or is it in Brazil? It's in, it won't be in Brazil. That's a sprint race. So I think it won't be Las Vegas. So it'll probably be Abu Dhabi. We'll see him again in the Haas for their two young driver tests. But really good signs for Behrman. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if come like 2025, if he was in that Haas permanently. We'll have to wait and see. Right, on to the rest of the news. Um, So, yeah, we're talking about rookie sessions, really. Each team has to do two rookie sessions. The only teams that don't have to do it are McLaren, uh, Williams and Alpha Tauri because they had rookies at the start of the year who took part in their F1 uh, practice sessions. So Oscar Piastri, Logan Sargent and Nick DeVries were all rookies at the start of the year, so that actually counts as their rookies taking part in practice sessions. So those three teams don't have to do it, despite the fact that Isaac Hadjar did do it here for AlphaTauri. They don't have to do it. Every other team has to run two. Um, Red Bull are doing something very interesting. For Abu Dhabi uh, FP1, instead of Max and Checo, or Max and a rookie and Checo and a rookie, they're going to have two rookies running at the same time for Red Bull in FP1. So it'll be Jake Dennis, who's the current Formula E world champion, and Isaac Hadjar, who is currently in F2, who is driving the Alpha Tauri today. The both of them will be in the Red Bulls at the same time for FP1 for Red Bull come Abu Dhabi, which is very interesting. And let's stick with F2, because there was a story we spoke about last week, which I said was a rumour that has now been confirmed. That surrounds one Kimi Antonelli, the prodigy of the Mercedes Young Driver Programme, the next big thing in the eyes of Mercedes. Last week we spoke about how the rumour was Mercedes wanted to jump F2 and dive straight into F2. Sorry, jump F3 and dive straight into F2, and that has now been confirmed. He will be driving for uh, uh, Prima next season. He's the first driver actually announced for F2 next year, so no one else has been announced thus far. But yeah, this is huge from Mercedes. 
showing great faith in this guy and from his record previous they have good reason to show good faith in him because he has been fantastic it'll be really really interesting to see how he does next year especially if ollie bearman who i've just spent the last few minutes proclaiming how fantastic he is if he stays in a primer as well they'll be teammates they'll be a fantastic measuring stick for kimmy to go up against if he can come close to bearman if he can beat bearman that will be absolutely fantastic. And as I said last week, this could be the start of the next big motorsport rivalry. Behrman, Antonelli, uh, Behrman the Ferrari Jr., Antonelli the Mercedes Jr. Let's wait and see what happens there because that could get incredibly, incredibly spicy. Moving across now to Haas reserve driver Pietro Fittipaldi. It seems like he's been the Haas reserve driver for years now. He's been there a long time, but next year he will be leaving as he's been given a full-time seat in IndyCar for Rahal Letterman uh, Lanigan Racing Team. Uh, I think the number 30 car towards the end of last IndyCar season was driven by Yuri Vips. So it seems like they have dropped him for one Pietro Fittipaldi. So it looks like Haas will be looking for a new reserve driver for next season. But best of luck for to Pietro Fittipaldi. Firstly, I love IndyCar. I love the madness of IndyCar. So I look forward to seeing uh, Fittipaldi there next year. And uh, is this the final news story? No, it's not. We've got loads of... like. The, I looked up before I started this video. Was there any really like big F1 news stories outside the whole Hamilton-Leclerc disqualification? I mean, there's the whole thing about Verstappen having a bodyguard this weekend. But personally, I feel that's a non-story. I want to talk about the stories that actually affect racing. And most of them are about young drivers, which is good. Because I think right now is a fantastic time to be a young driver. There's so much talent out there at the minute. There isn't that many F1 race seats for them, but there's a lot of very talented drivers, including one Kush Kush Miney. Do 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 be do do. Now we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago because um, Mika Hakkinen was uh, has joined his team as like an instructor guidance person. Well, Mika Hakkinen has guided him into the Alpine Academy. That was announced this week. The 23-year-old uh, driver, who is currently in F2, has joined the Alpine Academy. Now, that is an interesting one, because the Alpine Academy are famous for signing on drivers and taking them nowhere. So, best of luck to Kushmini, who has shown uh, these can be very good this year. I mean, the team he's in, his teammate is Ralph Boschong, who... I was going to say has mixed results, but you know has had one good result and a lot of bad results. Kushmini has very much shown up, Boshong, throughout this year, despite him not necessarily being in the best team. So, you know, with Miney, the backing of Alpine, the backing of Hakkinen, let's see how much he improves going into next year, F2. But of course, the F2 season is not over yet. We have one more race for F2 in Abu Dhabi, and... The final uh, news story regarding F2 is about Franco Colapinto, who's been racing this year for MP Motorsport in Formula 3, but will end this year for MP Motorsport in Formula 2. He's getting the call-up, not for next season, but for the last remaining race of this season. MP Motorsport have called him up to join their F2 team for the final race of the year. He'll take over the number 2 car, for one last race. I, I like Colapinto. I think he's good. I can't actually remember. Have I ever given him the Hero of Formula 3 award before? The most prestigious award in all of uh, Formula 3. 
Uh, let me have a look. F3 Hero, Franco Colapinto. He's he's never won it. So he's, he's not in the elite of F3. But, you know, he's still very good. And who knows? He might win the Hero of F2 in Abu Dhabi. We'll have to wait and see. And the final news story to talk about actually resolves around F1. Can you believe it? And it was coming out just after FP1. And that's that Yuki Tsunoda will start from the back of the grid on Sunday after taking multiple new engine components ahead of the Mexican Grand Prix. Uh, so 20th place no matter what for Yuki Tsunoda. Unless, of course, someone else takes a massive uh, engine um, penalties as well. So... If you're playing F1 Fantasy, maybe Yuki Tsunoda is the way to go. He could get some good overtakes for your good positions gained. Or maybe he'll just crash into a wall. You never know, do you? Anyway, on to Special Helmet Street. Starting with Valtteri Bottas. Or as he's called himself this weekend, Valtteri Bottaco. Because it's Mexican. And then, you know, on the front, he's got a little moustache which is very nice, and at the top of his helmet, he just says, all I want is tacos, and he's got a t-shirt of this as well. Very nice, I like that one a lot, especially the moustache. Sergio Perez, he's at his home Grand Prix, and this is apparently a fan-designed helmet for him. Looks very nice, lots of lovely bright colours, celebrating the Mexican way, as he would like to say there. Very nice, but there is someone else who's celebrating as well, and that is... Nico Hulkenberg, who is celebrating his 200th Grand Prix uh, this weekend. So he's got this fantastic helmet design here. Lots of photos all over it, but not just of his F1 career. We can see, like, there's this one here, which is actually a meme about him when he was uh, the reserve driver for Aston and we called in. And that's a meme there about him being in the uh, 2054 Moon Grand Prix. There's a photo here from when he won Le Mans, photo here from his GP2 days. There's photos all over, but it's not just celebrating his F1 career, but photos celebrating his entire career in motorsports. So that's a great helmet design for Nico Hulkenberg. This weekend, 200 Grand Prix, only the 22nd driver to ever reach 200 Grand Prix. So congratulations to Nico Hulkenberg. Across now to Upgrade Corner. And it's a bit of an interesting upgrade corner this weekend because everyone has brought upgrades, but nobody has brought upgrades. So everyone has brought new pieces of the car, but they're not necessarily about speed or just generally upgrading the car. They're all basically one-off parts, and they're all to do with engine cooling. So lots of engine covers and cooling lubes have been added to the car just due to the altitude of the uh, Mexican track. It makes it a lot harder for air to circulate through the car because the air is um, thicker. That's right, isn't it? Altitude is thicker. Yes? Yes, that sounds right. It's either thick or thin, but I think it's thick. So it's harder for the air to travel through the car and cool the engine. So all cars have more cooling on them. I mean, you can see the side of the hat. I said the hat had a cheese grater on the side of it last weekend. The cheese grater has grown this year. This weekend, sorry. It's a huge cheese grater now. I saw the Red Bull just underneath the actual bull on the engine has got some now big cutouts in there as well. You'll see it across all different cars. So that is just generally make sure the engine doesn't explode because it's more likely here at this track. Right. P3 
practice recap now we'll look at uh fp1 so i've discussed the um rookies they all did well ollie bearman did especially well the person to mention the most in fp1 was alexander albon who was second behind max verstappen by 0.095 perez was in third just under three tenths behind verstappen norris fourth with the clear in fifth Oscar Piastri, who had never driven around this circuit before, he was sick for an FP1, only two temps off Lando, so, you know, no experience here at this track at all, but already very confident, and that will just grow and grow as we go out for the weekend. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo looks strong in FP1 as well, he was 8th, and uh, 8th temps off the pace. Uh, the teams to look at who are really struggling are Aston. As I said, Alonso was 16th. Um, Stroll managed 10th, so a good result for Stroll. But as we go into FB2, their struggles continued. Alonso was actually 20th. Now, he didn't actually set any times on the softs, mainly on the mediums. But even their medium times weren't really that competitive in comparison to other medium times. The, uh, he did 30 laps, Alonso, which is about what everyone else did as well and couldn't really get any time. Stroll had a huge, um, uh, not I was going to say incident, but that makes it sound like a crash or something. It wasn't a crash. He came into the pits and they just couldn't get the tyres off. The front left tyre was jammed on, so that really ended Stroll's session. He only did 17 laps, around half the laps in FB2 that everyone else was doing. Um, you know, this is the second weekend in a row now that Aston have come to and really just thrown away everything they want in the practice sessions because they're not really just not learning anything. This is just, it is mad how it seems as we go out for the season, Aston and McLaren have just completely swapped positions. We go into the start of the season, Aston and these guys consistently on the podium, whereas uh, McLaren just looked like the jokes of the grid. And as we're coming towards the end now, McLaren, Orlando Norris is looking for his fifth podium in a row this weekend. Whereas, you know, we have Aston last weekend, they don't know how their brakes work and they don't think their upgrades are working. This weekend, they can't take the tyres off the car. So, not a great start for Aston whatsoever. Williams kind of came back down to reality in FB2 with Sargent in 17th, Albon in 14th. Haas, though, are a very interesting case. Uh, Magnussen was 19th, Hulkenberg 15th. So that's what you would about expect for the Hasses. But in the speed zones, they were number one and number two. And this uh, track has got three DRS zones here this weekend. So although they don't necessarily have one lap pace, in a straight line they're very quick, which could lead to great overtaking opportunities for them, but also would make them incredibly difficult to be overtaken. So Haas may be ones to watch this weekend for further back in the grid, maybe going towards those uh, middle sections, maybe the lower points if they're very, very lucky. Uh, as we go up throughout the rest of the grid, who else can we talk about? Uh, Bottas looking very strong because he was in fourth, three tenths off of Max Verstappen's fastest time. Uh, Lando Norris still looking good in P2, only one tenth off of Max. And um, Daniel Ricciardo again looking very strong, sixth this time, once again about three tenths off the pace, but only 0.014 off Sergio Perez, who was in fifth. So the ones looking very strong as we sit here right now. Uh, Max Verstappen, 
obviously. Sergio Perez is a bit mixed, but looking more positive than negative. Lando looking good. Ricardo looking consistently good as well. And it seems like the Williams, if they can get it in the perfect condition, looks good. Uh, something to remember when looking at these FP2 times is the session was kind of interrupted by this intermittent light rain. So no one was really going all out. And I, it was nowhere near wet weather tyres but it still wasn't all out dry. So that's something to think about when you look at the times for FP2. Right, on to the predictions, and then I can go to bed, because now it's 12.33 a.m. So my first prediction is that we're going to have a double Red Bull podium, and you may think to yourself, well, Reese, that's an obvious prediction, but is it? Is it an obvious prediction? Because the last time we actually had a double Red Bull podium was Monza, which seems like a very long time ago now. And by the last time I last time we had a double Red Bull podium, I mean last time Sergio Perez was on the podium. That's where Max Verstappen broke the record, ten wins in a row. That was that um that was the last time both Red Bulls were on the podium. So it's been a while, but I think we'll see it again this weekend. And as for my second prediction, I've gone for a risky one. Because I thought Shall I go for Ricardo to score points, or shall I go for Albon to score points, is my final prediction. So I decided to go for Ricardo and Albon to score points. There you go, putting it all on the line for you, the viewer. Right, there we go, we're done. That's the preview done. We'll be back tomorrow to cover all things qualifying, and we're back on Sunday to cover the whole race. We're back on Monday to do driver ratings. I really want to go to bed. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Goodbye.